and 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 mind you, like there was also like there was always people that did like backyard pool streams or would do IRL beach streams. So those existed as well, but it, it became like the conversation became heightened around hot tubs because it like it it blew up for a lack of a better term, no pun intended, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's good. Well, there's always and, been an allure. Uh, there's always been an allure to a hot tub. I mean, yeah, and the just hot tub well, is it was the end was, of the night, baby. Welcome to episode 297 of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. I'm Felix Hergood, and I'm here with Locke. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And I'm here with Trip Zero. What's going on, guys? It's Trip Zero. Let's do a show. What do you think, guys? I loved it. I that think was that beautiful. was the best intro you've ever brought done it for in, didn't show. I? Fucking killed you, it. Yeah. Shit. You brought it in. Yeah. 297. Two hundred ninety-seven. You, you fucking did it. We're getting so, close, boys. Getting close to the big three zero zero. Yeah. So the first thing we want to talk about is get out there and subscribe to the YouTube channels. Emerging Gamer has passed one hundred. Miraculously, it's mm-hmm. amazing. We finally did it. We passed the one hundred. So please do that. Of course, you subscribe can subscribe to the show if you're watching live right now, or if you're catching it later and you haven't subscribed on. Um, we always, I always hear podcasts going, uh, subscribe where you can get your podcast. But I mean, there are some out there that we just don't show up on because it's a pain in the ass to try and get them there. But if you're on, obviously, an iPhone, you can do Apple Podcasts. Or if you're in on Android, actually, many people have told me the best way to get us is on the Spotify app. So if you like listening to your Rogan, catch us too. <laughs> um, and it's because- now, it's now, um, it's now called following. In the podcast app on iOS, they changed. They changed. Oh, the they term. changed the to following, so yeah. it's not. I think because I, I think they're gonna. I think the podcast app is gonna start letting you make paid content. Right, right. As well, yeah, I heard all about app, that. So. so that's coming um, down the pike. So follow us for free, and if you like the content, we might be able to subscribe. Yeah, and give you so, some, some extra juicy stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe one of these days, I guess we can apply for that, or do we got to be like huge as shit? We got to be big as shit, right? In order to apply for that, where you can get a sub button. <laughs> there are metrics. I forget what they are, but there's a there are criteria. We don't need a talk shop. We don't need a talk shop, but like that would be that would be pretty cool if we if you if you like shop talk. We usually hang out before and after on uh, twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer. Just you know, I'm not telling you what to do with your life, but uh, that's something you can do on Wednesday nights for sure. So you, and you later on, later on the primary topics trip. I'm going to throw this to you. Uh, what are the things we're talking about tonight? Well, tonight um, we're going to take a, a chunk of the conversation where we usually catch up with what we've been going on, uh, what's been going on in our community, by talking about the Vault of Glass raid with Destiny Two because that's yes, sir. It's been, it's been a pretty big event in our specific community, and we'll, and we'll get to more of that later. Then after that, we're going to kind of dive into uh, we're going to dive into Twitch a little bit because there's been a, a, a week or two of activity, some changes with the platform, and some. Uh, just, just some future movement with with where Twitch is going, and I think it's interesting to see where uh, where people live on that. You know, in terms of, of creation and and internet entertainment, and uh, and and it's interesting. And we're going to talk about it. 
So to start, Felix, what's new? What's oh, good? What's, what's, what's going new? on? Well, there isn't anything really new. As we know about me, there isn't anything really new. I mean, there is something new that's coming, obviously, in, in Felix's world, which is um, the huge update to Elder Scrolls Online. But I'm not even playing that fucking new. I'm not a new guy when it comes to that game. I'm still on core base content. Now, now put frame that in Destiny speak, Trip. I've never less, left the base content. I still have base story missions to complete. Mm-hmm. Um. And they come out with a new Destiny release. What am I still playing if I'm playing just the base game of Destiny, as an example? Because that's what I'm doing in Elder Scrolls. Yeah, it's it's not exactly a Is one to one comparison. It's not a one to one. It would be it would be like you only playing the like Crucible Vanguard playlist. But even then, Vanguard. If there's new Crucible maps, you're going to get those randomly. If there's new Vanguard strikes, you're going to get those randomly. So it would be like you running around the Tangled Shore still and only doing Lost Sectors on a map that came out uh, two years ago at this point. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I'm currently doing. But the most important thing I wanted to talk about today was not Elder Scrolls Online. I'm ramping up for that. Is I just wanted to say that I completed all of the games of my season. Uh, my regular season is complete. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it okay. Was, it was your, tw- regu- your regular season. Regular season, yeah. I are don't you, know. If, you, does I, that mean? I don't know. Is if there a the playoff playoffs. season? There will be a playoff season, but I don't know if the Emergent Gamer Podcast got into the Lunar Gaming, the Lunar League Baseball playoffs. I, we're going like, to find out. I feel like the way you were talking about how you I, were steamrolling these kids. Uh, yeah, I hope. Uh, do you really think you're not going to be in the postseason? Well, let me just tell you what my record was: <laughs> twenty-seven okay. games. I, I finished twenty-one and six. <laughs> you're going to be in lost? the play- you're going to be in the playoffs. twenty-one one, yeah. twenty-one wins and six losses. That's how okay. Completely. Okay. But here's I mean, the thing: would... it is only a four-team playoff, right? Well, what's mm-hmm. everybody else's record? Well, you can figure this out. You have the ability I, to figure I, out. I haven't, I haven't looked in a I'll couple of right days. Now. People have been playing games. I haven't looked in a couple of days, but um, I definitely there were no teams. I had played more games, but there were no teams that had six losses yet. But um, you know, they had one guy, uh, Iron specifically, had only completed half of the games of the season. So like he had a lot of people. He still so there's still play. a lot. There's still a lot of games. But Iron was at five. Iron was at five losses, and there's another guy, Steel, who was at. Had who had even less games? He had a quarter of the games played, and Steele had three losses. I, but you know, like if he if he continues his season and keeps beating lots of people, if Steele keeps beating everyone, like he's going to end up. If he doesn't get another loss, he'll how is there so much disparity game. between games played? Well, because you can play whenever you want, and I was just more aggressive in getting my shit done. You know, like specifically, like. One of the players um, dropped out. One of the human players dropped out, and they had to turn his... We had a big debate in the Lunar chat about... In the baseball chat about what should we do with his games. He you know, he essentially has a series of games. Everyone has to play him three times. Should we turn him into simmed games where it randomizes whether we won or lost based on our own stats, or should we all have to play the computer? And they agreed in the end that it would be most fair if everyone had to play the computer. I agree um, with that. So I played the computer. Um, the first game I played, uh, it was the Chicago White Sox, Sox was the random team. Um, well, it wasn't random, but I mean, the Chicago White Sox was his team that they turned into the computer. 
So I played them. I lost. I almost lost my first game, zero one. Um, but then by the second game, which I think I won eight three, I had gotten into a, a rhythm. The third game, <laughs> and this is fucking amazing. So my pitcher, uh, the Orioles have a pitcher by the name of John Means. Now he was in the real news recently. Did you guys happen to catch any of that? Probably not. So I have John not. John Means, the Oriole what pitcher. Do you do? pitched a no-hitter like after like a no-hitter where it wasn't he had no relief pitchers so he pitched a complete game no-hitter uh in real life and with john means on my third game against the white Sox, i pitched now remember we do seven innings and we do um seven innings uh per per game so i pitched 17 strikeouts in seven innings and no a no-hitter with one walk and wow. that was with wow. John Means, with the actual um, Oriole. So it was amazing. Um, it was really cool. I'm um, wearing a Philly shirt here for this conversation. If you didn't, didn't yeah. Realize. Well, I mean, the Phillies were the team I was going to try and get, and I do have. I learned uh, through the course of playing with the team that I do have an ex Philly. I have Mikel Franco like on my team. Okay, yeah, because he used to play on the Phillies, and he's actually my best home run hitter. So it was pretty cool. Nice. Um, but at the time of this this talk, like I. I think I was leading in home runs. I think I, I finished the season with 39 home runs out of uh, um, 27 games. I mean, that's pretty good. 39 home runs in 27 games. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of time, a lot of laughs, like playing games. A lot of crazy plays yeah. happened. And it was just a, it was, it was, it was good-hearted fun. Um, that's a cool event to have. Yeah. You know? it, sounds, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, th- I think I – think, um, Maybe if one day um, MLB The Show comes to PC um, and is on Game Pass and we all get to play together, like that would be fun if you guys joined it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would, I, would, I would definitely do it. Because right now it's cross-platform uh, PlayStation and Xbox. You, know, you can actually, right. when you're in the league settings, you can actually see next to somebody's name if they're on PlayStation or if they're on Xbox. Mm. Nice. They would, just, cool. they would just have to port a PC version of the game. Do you think uh, Windows PC play mouse play would have an advantage in a baseball game, or no, or a disadvantage? Not from what you've told me. I think it's all very like uh, it's it's statistic driven, and you just you adjust your input based on whatever imp- input method you use, right? But you're watching like on screen sliders and targeting and all kinds of things. And I think I don't think your your keyboard would make a difference versus a controller in that kind of game. I, I definitely, now that the season's over, I'm going to mention what I think is a secret weapon, but I don't know for sure. I think the secret weapon of, of playing that game is learning and mastering, which is not something that's easy to master. You know, you have to play hundreds of games like I have in order to like get better at it. Mm-hmm. But I think learning and mastering manual everything. So manual batting and manual pitching gives you the most control in the game and and gives you a superior advantage against players. That's what oh, I Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. what I've discovered because when you have a controller and you pull back on it to uh and push forward to pitch, all all that you're at the mercy of is your own control as opposed to when you hit the statistical button. That's just going to randomize whether the pitch is great or not. You know what I mean? Oh, so I didn't know that that was a mechanic. I mean, I haven't played a baseball yeah. game in fucking forever. 
So yes. I didn't realize that there's now automation involved to it. Everything. The last time I played a baseball game, you had to swing yourself. You had to pitch yourself. You had to. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, yeah, you, yeah, you, hit a, you hit a button to select the pitch type. Right. But then right, right. once you had a pitch type selected, you were then controlled. Maybe that's how it was always in other games, mm-hmm. or maybe that's how it was in the, they only had manual and then they've come up with other developments. Right. But, but I think it's because it got it's gotten so they do I think they do it with Madden too because it's gotten so much like playing a complete season can be like grueling. So if you're not like super into it, you can play a full season and do some like automation and still feel like you're playing the game yeah. without having to, you know what I mean? Maybe that'd I don't be, know. That'd be really funny if they like you know how all the all the pitchers have grips that the pitchers learn? Like if you had to grip a controller with the buttons in a certain way and then like like throw your arm and have the accelerometer pick up that that motion that'd be kind of cool you know? VR baseball lock yeah. there's still a me- measure of it's not totally random with pitching there's still a measure of skill in the other way it's just that kind that i hate which is a bar fills and you have to time you have to hit have the to button it. and then time mm-hmm. when it hits mm-hmm. and then maybe hit it again or whatever I, i've never been able to figure it out so i just said fuck it i'll do it manual like it's like mm-hmm. golf games do that a lot where you have to like you go okay. one way and then back another yeah. is what you're talking about yeah right? and that's mis- exactly mis- what i'm talking about all right i misunderstood i thought it was like you you say okay i want to throw a curveball and then the game gives you a randomly generated curveball based no. off of statistics okay no no it's still that but what gives you a, an edge of more control is the way manual pitching works which is it essentially you pull back you ever play golden tee where you yeah. where you slide the ball back and then push it forward it's just like that mm-hmm. you pull back on your thumbstick and then that puts the pitcher pitcher in motion and then you right. push forward, and when you push forward, you can slide in a direction, left or right, yeah. to decide right. where the ball's going to go. Um, so when you, when you pitch that, if you do it hard enough on your thumbstick, you're, the fucking motherfucker like, pitches it like, over 100 miles an hour. So like, you can create some dangerous fastballs if the pitcher has that basic skill, you know, if he's right, really good right. at pitching fastballs. And Which is the just, player having the skill. Right, and pe- people just miss them. They just miss them because they're just so fast, you know. Um, and then with the batting, it's the same thing. Um, now, batting is interesting because they have a version of manual where you can pull back and push forward, right? But I don't do it that way because there's another option where you can just push forward. And he does the full motion of the swing just by you pushing forward. With that one, if you time it exactly right and get a perfect hit and you hit it hard enough, He'll literally not like loser players will hit it out of the park. Like mm-hmm. it ends up becoming like I think an edge. I think you know in my experience of playing this league against real players, I think it gives a serious edge. Now I was surprised when I entered the league because I was like, "Do you have a way of forcing how I choose to play? Do I have to do it like everyone else, or can I do it manual?" And I was really surprised that that Iron told me that he doesn't remember there being a setting to pick that. So, you know, so maybe, maybe, maybe it's all perception. Like maybe I, I don't really think I have an advantage. Maybe I don't have an advantage. I'm just great at the game. I don't know, but like, be, be good at the game, dude. Okay. I'm just good at the game. That's what it is. There it is. Um, Embrace that man. Live in that lane. But yeah, that was, um, it was fun. It was a fun, fun little season. And now I'm just waiting. I'm literally just waiting. So you're, you're ahead of the pack really Yeah. with this. You're going to your games in it. You're going to wait for everyone to finish up to know 
what's going to shake out for postseason? I finished uh, finished approximately 15 games uh, ahead of everyone else. You know, like there, there was only one guy who had done half the games of the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go in the chat periodically and just see them posting whether they won <laughs> yeah, or lost. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, now I'm, all I can do is just pl- just, I, just I, watch and wait as the, yeah, as the champion. But I, I, well, I did start a franchise mode in the new game. You know, I'm playing as the Phillies and I did one of those uh, fantasy draft things again. And I got a whole assortment of new players that I've never played with before. Um I have Frank Thomas on my fucking team, the the great Chicago White Sox. I think that's mm-hmm. what team he played on. So I have like Frank Thomas, and I have um, Kirby Puckett. <laughs> that's the name. Nice. That's a great games. name. Kirby Puckett is a classic player in uh, MLB baseball. I used to have his baseball card. Um, yeah, so I have I, you know I'm just playing that just for practice, and then, but I'm playing that on super hard. I'm playing on it hard as fuck, like. <laughs> I'm not winning. The, yeah. The PC you have set to that. So yeah. you're like training yourself doing that. I'm essentially playing hard as fuck against the PC. Yeah. Like I'm going to, you know, I, half the games I get stomped in because the PC just fucking keeps hitting home runs, home run after home run. Right. Like, oh, it's so pissed. Oh, it makes me so angry. <laughs> well, that's good, yeah. man. Well, you got to let us know how the, uh, the championship shakes out when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll g- give you guys an update. Um, yeah, other than that, um, nothing, man. Just Elder Scrolls. On- oh, well, I'll be brief because you guys are tired of me talking about this shit kind of shit. <laughs> I did fire up uh, Skyrim with the FPS boost. So, Oh, nice. Does it look, does it look really good? Look yeah. yeah. Well, it, the max it does is 50 frames. Skyrim does okay. 50 frames per second. I don't, I don't even know where that number came from, but that's the max it can do. It can't do a full Sounds 60. like a UK number. Right. <laughs> but that's, that's the max it can do, and it still feels like fallout does you know like you're moving yeah. faster it, yeah i could definitely tell it's slightly slower than how i feel when i'm playing fallout um but then i load I, the thing that i thought was really interesting is the creation club which i think we we talked about that on the show when it came about we did Cre- yeah creation club was kind of reviled because it was like you're gonna make us buy mods or, right. or whatever but i don't think it's bad in the respect that like it's created by the developers. So it's built right into the game as if they had developed it originally. Mm-hmm. So I put on their survival mode and it's so much more fluid than like uh frostfall and uh, uh, the other one. You remember those, those two mods that you campfire campfire and frostfall. Yeah. yeah. Like theirs is just made so much more fluid. It's not glitchy. Like it, you know, I had to pay a little bit of money for it, but I, you know, I was fine with it, you know, sure. I had added that on and, Played played with that for a little bit, so I'm probably going to continue that periodically. You know, if it, it nice. runs like a, it runs like a dream, man. There's no there's nothing lo- wrong with my mod loadout. I did the I did the alternate start, and it loaded me into uh, just joining the stormcloaks as if I was oh like nice a, like a storm yeah yeah. Um, and so you start in Windhelm and shit, and your your character's outfitted with like uh, stormcloak gear and shit. <laughs> Which was really cool. Like I'm a, like a, a person who came out of the woods or whatever and decided to join, yeah, yeah. Up, join up with the cause, you know. Yeah, so, that's so pretty play, cool. I'm playing that way. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. But anyway, that's just that's what I've been doing. Nice man. Skyrim is always fun to go back to, at least for me. So you guys are going to talk about Destiny now? Is that what we're doing? Uh, we're we're going to talk about Destiny, man. If uh, if the people out there aren't aware, 
over this past weekend on the 22nd of May, Destiny 2 brought back the Vault of Glass, the first raid they ever put out. The first first-person shooter raid, really, that ever existed in video games. Uh, they brought it back to Destiny 2, and it's, it's free to play. Destiny 2 is free to play. The Vault of Glass is free to play. You don't have to own a season, an expansion, anything. You just download and play. Uh, so it's, it's really cool in that respect. Um, but they did a world's first race for this because over the course of the years, people have always competed to be the first to figure out and beat a new Destiny raid. And Bungie has kind of capitalized on this a little bit and made it like an event, right? Like they've, they're, they kind of publicize it. They do trailers to hype it up. They, uh, they give winners a belt, like a literal wrestling-style championship belt with your, your team players' names on it engraved and everything and, and designed around whatever raid you're playing. It's really cool. And they did that event for this one. It was a little bit controversial because a team has beaten it, right? Like someone had, had beat the Vault of Glass before, and they're bringing the raid back. So they're not changing too much, uh, but it's not a new, fresh experience. So some people were concerned that it was um, you know, kind of stepping on the memory of the original team to finish it. But, uh, but what Bungie did is uh, they said, okay, for this, whoever wins this event, you're going to get a silver belt, not a gold belt. And your, your team's clan tag is going to be next to the clan tag of who beat it in 2014. So that was kind of a nice touch. You know? So uh, can I ask questions about the history of this? Sure. So sure. It's, the first, this fir- it's the first fucking raid, right, ever. Right, not right. ever in history of raid raiding on online. No, but games, for but like a first person shooter, first person shooter yeah. raid, mm-hmm. were people at that time in 2014 even on the pulse of I want to be the world's first to complete this? Was there a world's first culture? I, yeah, there there was, time? and I wasn't really part of it or aware of it at the time, so I can't tell you from my own experience directly. But um, I know there was definitely a competition uh, amongst the community to, to see who could figure it out first, because like WoW has been a thing. You know, like yeah, it happened yeah, in yeah. WoW all the time. Like yeah. there was just that culture in gaming was definitely there, and people were uh, were kind of rushing through. But it was hard, man. Back then, I think they had to wait till the first reset to get more power. Like people literally like went to sleep and came back to finish it. It was that hard. Oh, or wow. now, like like it'll finish raids are finished in a couple hours. Um, but a goal that that I myself have always had, and our and our specific emergent gamer Destiny Two community has always had, is to finish one of these. Um, if not the first, obviously, you always try to be the first, but if not the first to be one of the first teams in the first 24 hours, because the first 24 hours is what Bungie officially now calls contest mode, where you are capped at a specific level at every single encounter for it to always be the most challenging to your character. And you'll have to deal with with mechanics uh, at the most underpowered you could possibly be to make oh. the challenge as as intense as possible. Um, and for this raid, we got our first 24 hour clear. Oh, we did it. We were, we were the 927th team to finish this raid, which for how many people play destiny and how many people come back specifically for, for world first raid races. I'm incredibly proud of, of everyone on the team for sticking it through and 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 ask him what the total number might be. Or, um, I, I can find it for you. I can definitely find it for you. Well, as we you as we're talking here, you don't have to. I'm not trying to. Yeah, you you gave us a figure, and then we have no comparison point. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just yes. like one, of, one of the one of the big streamers tweeted it out. How many completions there were? Just give one second. It's it's uh, is it in the thousands? Yeah, 
Oh yeah, it's, it's, it thousand. might be. It's either it might be near three thousand. I think possibly three thousand. Good. Um, I know it was like twenty two, twenty five, maybe something like that. Did you guys feel it um, was hard? Was it different? Did they change it at all? So there were really quickly yeah. before we get into that, there were sixty seven hundred people that completed it, and then once you completed it, as Trip mentioned, there's actually I don't even think we got into this. We but, no, we didn't get into the actual flow uh, of how this so, one was different. So there was 6,700 people, 6,700 teams that beat it. And then for this world's first race, we'll go into it. There was a challenge mode um, that you had to complete as well. Uh, 2,800 teams beat the challenge mode. You guys did challenge um, mode? We have, we have to do this. So the thing that everyone wants from this event is the, is the emblem. You know, the thing you can put behind your name as you're floating in space. There's a 24-hour emblem. It's exclusive to teams that have finished it, right? For this raid, for the first time, they said, you have to play the raid twice. So not only do you have to get through it, the entire thing, at contest level, for the Vault of Glass, because people are going to know how to play it, we're going to make you play it again a second time, where we're going to add a challenge mode to every encounter, where if you fail the challenge, your team wipes for that encounter. You have to start again. Like at the beginning of the raid, not the no, beginning, but at the at the encounter at moment, checkpoint. But but you have to do it with the new added mechanic, or else you're not going to progress. Is the uh, point of that? Wow. So we we had to do two of these raids. You know, one I, normal, I see one what challenge they did there. So so basically, they were like, okay, we'll release it exactly as it was, and people will be able to get it real quick because they've already done it before. But then we'll add the new things, the new shit that we want to add to make to be clever to not shit on the past we'll do it as a challenge thing so that you guys kind of essentially that's the idea yeah but there were new things in the basic version of the raid oh there were okay yeah there were there were some big twists why don't you talk about some of that oh yeah Yeah, so they 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 changed it a little bit their goal was to visually make it look the same of course right um but but D2 style. And then they wanted to keep the mechanics the same enough that you felt like you were playing vaults of glass, but change them enough to where it was new and maybe a bit more challenging to complete, which again, every encounter was definitely even the base, um, even the base challenge in the base contest mode, not doing challenge mode was challenging with the new mechanics. Like it was a lot to learn our first clear through the raid took us longer than when we had to beat it again and try it with the um, the challenge mode attached to it. Yep. Significantly longer it took us. Um, and that's because you need to learn the base new mechanics of the raid first. Um, as well as survive, because as well as survive, you're, you're yeah. getting hit so hard by everything around you. So that's really, that's the challenge. Um, was, so yeah, so I mean, we, we, we did it, which is incredible. Um, truly, yeah, it's, it's our clan's first time going through it and getting a day one emblem and a day one clear. Um, we uh, we were on the final boss for Deepstone Crypt, which was December's raid. Uh, our team was there for a couple hours, um, and we we didn't. Uh, there was uh, there was was ammo issues. There was strategy issues. There was honestly weapon issues. Um, some of the teams didn't have weapons that ended up being kind of super crucial to the way that boss was moving in the final moments where if we didn't have that, it was almost impossible to, to burn him down for the final moments. But our team was getting to the point where we could get him to that point 
every time, which is great. And uh, that's why it hurt. It hurt in December because we know we could do it if we just had the right, you know, the right RNG, the right weapons, the right something. So we were we were very close getting it back then. It feels good to come through and and get it for this raid, for this raid specifically too, with the with the history it has with Destiny. Um. So I remember, and tell me if I'm totally wrong, but I remember mm-hmm. this having five sections. Is that right, or is there more than that? Uh, roughly, yeah. It was like five mm-hmm. sections, right? Yeah, there are officially five points where you get loot if you're using that as a yeah that's as a what point of comparison. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I remember one of the sections was a jump puzzle in a cavern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all still there. All that shit is still there. Yeah, the jump down. You, that's deep, deep, deep into the vault. You jump down. And you have to hide from. Remember the the hi, the little harpies you're hiding from the gorgons. Yeah, they yeah, see yeah. you. Oh, yeah, they yeah, see yeah, you. Yeah. They they erase you from existence. Yeah, yep, I remember that. Yep, mm-hmm. that's all still there. To be honest with you, it's the only raid I actually remember anything from. I don't remember mm-hmm. shit from the Crota raid <laughs> at all. Other than <laughs> you, shoot, I was in there. Other than shooting the moon. Yep. <laughs> shoot yep. the moon. Shoot the moon was definitely Crota. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there. Yeah, Crota was pretty forgettable, to be honest. I mean, and, and at the time when Crota first came out, you could skip, I think, like two of its encounters by doing the bridge cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and so, I, I remember the King's Fall raid pretty. Yeah, well, with all King's the Fall was com- a lot of fun. The complicated mechanics with that, but mm-hmm. I think that's it. Those are the only two raids I even remember. That sounds about right. Yeah, the last one I, I did we... was was that um, the one with red in the name or Wrath Wrath, Wrath of the Machine Wrath of the Machine Wrath of the mm-hmm. Machine. Yeah, that was their last raid. I did only the right. first section of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never got further than that. Um, yes, I mean, the raid kicked off at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Um, we went in right at 1. And we compl- I don't remember the exact time that we completed the raid, uh, the second clear, but um, it was roughly 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, so it, about 15 it took hours, us I think. About 15 hours um, to do it. That's crazy. Um, now, to put that into perspective, I don't believe we completed our first clear until about 11, 11.30. Mm-hmm. So we, it took us from 1 p.m. to about 11, let's say 11 for the sake of argument, 1 p.m. to 11 to complete it the first time. Wow. And then to go back in and beat it, was, it again yeah. with challenge, we did it from 11 to 4. Um, roughly. This is something you, know, you guys, yeah. this is something you guys yeah. had done before. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean it was you know the, the the good thing was that the for the most part the core mechanics stayed the same and we felt very confident about the core mechanics because once we figured out a strategy we we typically like did really well like once we had the strat down it was figuring out the strat that took us a little while from you know in that first clear and and it's not surprising right we, we don't you know a lot of these teams that that are in the top 500, even, you know, the top 25, obviously the the team that beat it first, like this is what they do. Like they play as six people. They do these types of challenges very regularly. So like, we're just, you know, a group of guys that are all friends that love destiny and we happen to have a good team composition. So, um, you know, figuring out the mechanics took a little bit. And then once we had a strategy that we liked, we typically ran through it. We, we, you know, we would beat it that next phase. Um, or have to tinker a little bit more. Um, so 
you know, it was uh, getting to challenge and being able to beat it so fast was was great. Um, wasn't there a part where you had to get like a shield and it was always like, who's going to hold yep. the shield this time? Is that still in yep. there? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, yeah, this this time you have to you get to choose. I don't remember the exact mechanics of the of the first one. It was the same. Just sitting on the ground the for that one. Yeah. yeah. I rem- um, and I remember the end, you would fight the boss and then he, he would randomly teleport you somewhere. No, initially he would yeah. randomly teleport you to the back or something or people figured out that if you stood far enough back he wouldn't you're, be you're, able to what, you're, you're remembering yeah, yeah. you remember like, like the like the like first couple of weeks of that yeah. yeah yeah and you wouldn't be able to like we figured out that we he wouldn't be able to get you if you stood far enough back and then they were like fuck you dudes you can't cheat us and cheese this yeah, shit they, they and they were like random let's patch mm-hmm. it and then it just randomly takes you from wherever you're standing you're like that still mm-hmm. exists yeah, yep. that still exists. Um, they did a really cheeky thing, Felix. That uh, you remember in the um, right before the boss, the Templar boss, which was the boss that you used to be able to push off the map. Do you remember that boss, the like big Hydra with the shield? That wasn't the last um, boss, or no, no, that was that was like the mid boss. There's remember, only two bosses. I don't, I don't remember. But anyway, the, the guy you before the tem- before the Templar, there's the oracles where you needed to shoot those orbs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, and it, and they would just like pop up, and you had to shoot them. Well, we came to the realization very early on that like the oracles still existed, oh, where you had to shoot the oracles, right? Um, but this time you had to do it in in an order at which they showed up. So before, like three oracles would just show up on the map, and you had to just kill them while like staying alive and slaying as as long as the three oracles died. You were fine, and then it went to four oracles, then five oracles, then six oracles, and then seven oracles. Yeah, right. Well, this time they made you have to shoot them in an order in which wow. they appeared. So they I, would show it to you, show it to you again, and then you had to shoot it in order. And if you didn't, it led to a, a debuff that inevitably ended mm-hmm. in a wipe most times. But I, I think um, I remember yeah. toward the end of the Vault of Gra- Glass run on D one, the pushing off couldn't be done. With yeah, that they patched boss. it. They uh-huh. had patched that because I remember what was it? It was like guys would like sit up on like a cliff and like shoot down or some shit. Well, that's not- a little bit different. That that existed forever for the most part. The, pushing them off was you wore you had specific warlock gloves and a specific warlock grenade, and if you kept throwing them at the boss's feet, he would they, the hydra would keep backtracking. Right. And you would just keep throwing them over and over and over again. And inevitably you would push him right up the stairs and right off the back of the right map. The map. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was you like, know, yeah. You know, it's really funny, Felix. Yeah. Um, obviously they patched that in destiny one and they were very aware of making sure that that couldn't happen again in destiny two. Um, a couple days before the raid was set to go live, Bungie literally tweets. Uh, so we're aware of an issue where, um, Destiny bosses can be pushed off ledges. Um, if any team attempts to use this for a world's first clear, they will be disqualified. And we're like, ha ha ha. Oh, Destiny, that's a really, really good joke. We remember. And they were like, no, this is real. If you push bosses off the ledge, you'll be disqualified. And we're like, what the fuck? This hasn't been fixed in six years. But the thing <laughs> is, it wasn't the same cheese. There's literally a brand new cheese with one of the new one of the new powers, one of the new subclasses yeah. where in a very specific pattern of being in a super and dying and moving your character interacts with other characters, either guardians or, or creatures to push them away from you. You throw their bodies away. 
so if people people can set this thing up where they can just like float their their warlock character towards someone and just throw them a million miles away so this almost was a strategy again for the vault of glass (laughs) and probably still can be i don't think they actually fixed it they just said don't do it for worlds first you probably can get in there and still Still throw them off the ledge yeah it's just is this is this a raid that you guys are gonna are you over and done with it, or are you going to rock this raid again? No, we've we've been in there a lot, and uh, Destiny put out a really good system with with their last new raid, Deepstone Crypt, in September or sorry, in December, where um, if you get a gun in the raid, right, it may not be the gun you want, right? Like it'll be the gun, but maybe you want a different set of perks. You know, there's a better combination of abilities out there for that gun. Well, along with your rewards, your your armor or your gun, you get spoils of conquest, which is a new currency in the game. You also get spoils of conquest. They love their currency. On, on, we love our currencies here. <laughs> you you get more of these for repeat runs in the raid, where you won't get a new gun or a new armor piece for doing it again in the same week, but you'll get this. You'll get a couple coins, right? What you can do is, as long as you've gotten a gun, you can spend twenty of these uh, spoils for a new random roll of that gun. So you can literally farm the raid for materials to then get targeted versions of the gun you want to try to get that roll. So it provides a reason to keep playing. It provides, uh, you know, just it's longevity for content, which is really, really good. And the guns that they brought back are really good. They fit into the meta really well and have really good new perks. So we're, we're chasing for nostalgia. We're chasing for brand new ways to play the game. Uh, There's, it just, they hit all the right, kind of nails it with this slaps uh, as trip yeah. zero would say it, it does the whole the whole thing slaps pretty much one thousand percent yeah i mean they did they did an incredible job it, it's a really hard thing to get right um because obviously nostalgia is a is a impossible thing to try and please um yep. and uh i don't really think for the for the majority that i heard many many complaints mm-hmm. um there was there's a new mechanic in the Atheon raid that I think was pretty much despised and um, no one really mm-hmm. thinks was a good addition. But I think it was more so because it was really hard to adapt to and learn. Um, and all the other hate that I saw on the raid was mostly people that just couldn't clear it day one and were just, you know, obviously stung by not being able to do it, which totally get totally been there. Um, but overall, I mean, I think everyone has thought that they've done a fantastic job with bringing it back, not only yeah. the raid, but then as Trip mentioned, all of the D one or all the raid weapons for the majority have come back. Um, so Fatebringer is back that hand cannon, um, corrective measure, the, the heavy machine gun is back. Um, vision of confluence, vision of confluence. The scout rifle is back. Vision um, of so confluence. Like, Love that gun. You used to fuck great. shit yeah, so up. Like, so those those have come back. They have uh, some of their same perks that they had in D1 and then some new perks in D2. Um, you mix that with the new way that you can spend this material inside of raids to target your roles. Um, yeah, they do, they've done a really, really good job. I um, think I recall I, a, a moment when I was in Crucible firing the Vision of Confluence. And I remember mm-hmm. Locke saying, Felix, why are you using that stupid fucking gun? It's not the meta. <laughs> Well, there's a difference between a PVE meta and a PVP meta, Felix. <laughs> there is. Love using that gun. Is, is still ass in PVP. <laughs> that hasn't changed. I, I love shooting people from a great distance, fucking with that gun. <laughs> funny. Killing like uh, five guys a match. <laughs> you want to? You want to tell them? Uh, you want to tell them what you got? 
the first time through the raid lock? You yeah. don't want to talk about your, your lock luck? Tell us all yeah, about that. Yeah, dude, I had I had some incredible um some incredible luck. So my fir- the first run through of the raid, which was actually back to back chests, uh back to back rewards was so you go through the you go through the raid, um you get uh how many chests? You get two boss chests. It's four total, right, Trip? You get two and Five. two. You get you get you get loot for uh, Confluxes, oh, Oracles, Templar, okay. Gatekeepers, right. Atheon. You get five so times. You, yeah. you, so you have three chests before you get to the boss room, and then two within the boss room. Mm-hmm. So the last two rewards of the evening, um, after getting only armor in the first half, uh, the first three. Um, right before Atheon, I got a Fatebringer, which is the beloved hand cannon from, D, from D1. <clears throat> um, and I got the D1 role of it which was explosive payload plus firefly which was essentially the you know you hit them with a precision hit and they explode and it was like the mm-hmm. most popular hand cannon in, in d1 right, uh, so i got that as my first drop. it was your favorite um, too to use in crucible right um i think i use it a little bit in crucible yeah, yeah. um and uh, so i got that which was i was already like over the moon like that was that was plenty that was all that i that's, needed that's an incredible drop yeah um because like r- realistically i would be nitpicking if i wanted to like change the rest of the role like those two perks on it alone plus what i got on like the magazine and the barrel are fine that like i really don't need to chase another role for that in in terms of pve um and then we beat the boss and of course the way that destiny does it now is every boss now has there is a raid exotic that you can get um and for d1 they decided to bring back the vex mythoclass which was the um the infamous fusion rifle that shot like an auto rifle um oh yeah yeah yeah, was, yeah i remember that one it was like that yellow looking like vex gun um and uh, i was able to i got it on my very first completion of the of the raid um Got which was back, also man. incredible because I, I think. So what you get straight think, trash trip? Is that what you get trash? Is that what it first is? time through? I got, I got trash. I got I got like three <laughs> arms. I got three pairs of arms. Yeah. Uh, I did get a pretty good um, uh, corrective measure. The machine gun. I got a uh, what is it? I got uh, a dynamic sway one for all. So that's pretty good. Got some damage buffs on there. Um, but yeah, yeah just, like I think I got two rocket launchers. They were just fine. I got the the <laughs> what machine are, gun. What are the <laughs> rocket launchers called? Hezen Vengeance. Yeah. So um yeah, typically my luck in, in Destiny is not great. So it was it was it was good to be uh to feel like the RNG was on my side. But uh yeah, I knew ultimately because we have to move on because we wanted to keep this to a hard hour um, and we're already running long. Do you, um do you guys realize that this is the second show? The second show we ever did was just a destiny discussion, and it was us. I'm sure. Yeah. Second show. This yeah. is the probably second talking show, about, right? probably talking about some raid stuff. At that probably, point. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in in short, uh, I'm I'm still super proud of everyone. I'm still like I'm still hype about it. I am too. I mean, yeah. You know, like to to see that through. I mean, it was, you know, from like two a.m. to four a.m. I was like, when do I have to call it? When do I have to call it? I, I to, like, dude, I, you know, I felt so, it and I didn't want to speak it out loud because yeah. then it becomes real. But I was like, yeah. 
if yeah. you remember, I, I shut up for a long time because I was like, if I just focus in and we get this, then we can just have luck for a little bit more. We just have luck for a little bit more and we don't have to start replacing and, and starting that snowball. Right. Like, like I really just got a fucking. I didn't I didn't want like I, I didn't want you guys because I knew that if I left and it was only me, like you guys definitely would have tried to find someone like I know that that yeah. was definitely yeah. going to happen. Right. Um. And Crow said it at one point too. He was like, he's like, uh, he's like, because at some point you got to leave, right? And you were like, yeah. And that was it. Just the one, yeah. Like, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Not, <laughs> let's, not, let's not drill down too deeply into this concept <laughs> yeah. here. Because, uh, like, I really, you know, I, I, I blocked out, like, with my wife, I blocked out like 12 hours. I was like, you know, I, I need these 12 hours, you know, most of those my son. I mean, we were son. like, it's an old raid. It'll be hard, but we'll be through it. You know, yeah, and then in my mind, I was like, okay, like if we get to 12 hours, which is 1 a.m., like maybe I'll go till two, like maybe I'll push it till two. Yeah. That's fine. Like some nights I stay up till two anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then two hit, and like I think at that point we were on the we were on the challenge mode for Gatekeeper, which is right before Atheon, the final boss, or we were moved on to Atheon. Um, and I was like, oh god, we're so fucking close. If I leave, it's gonna obviously set them back. And then if they get it and I went to sleep, I'm going to just be pissed. We call that pre- like, predictive FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> just because like I, we had 95% of the way there and then I just right. had to go to sleep. And then, and then we were making good progress. It didn't feel like we didn't feel stale and like right. deflated and defeated because if I felt any one of those things, I would have, I would have called it. Well, I I don't hear you. Yeah, you you muted. Stopped hearing you. Yep. No, you're just Nothing. no, Nothing. not there. Yep, gone. Wow. Let him. Let him. Yeah. Last I heard was a uh, stale, stale and defeated. He would have quit, but we didn't. That's where it cut. What was that? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's weird. I'm sorry, guys. Not I wasn't muted. Yeah. I unplugged and replugged it back in. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, if if uh, spirits were high pretty much the entire raid, um, and it was a blast, and I think that definitely helped push us to keep going. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just I'm super pumped. I'm super grateful that we got to do it. And and the last thing that I'll say on it before we transition, um, I'm also super appreciative to Bungie about the way that they handled this raid uh, because it allowed me to be able to do it. Um, even if I cleared the time in my schedule to be able to game for that many hours straight with no interruptions, I never was able to raid because you used to have to ramp up and and grind a lot of levels to be able to compete. And in this um, in this uh, release, they didn't do that. My power from last season was all that I needed to be able to compete in this season's world's first raid. So I didn't have to, like, previously, someone would spend five full days of grinding, optimally grinding three characters, running every pinnacle, every drop to be ready. Or, and then I think there was one raid where they did it for two weeks, but same mm-hmm. thing. Like, I would I would never be able to um, do that. So being able to compete this time was also really cool. And I saw a lot of positive feedback around that on Twitter. So hopefully Bungie gets that message and continues that moving forward. Um because that would allow us to allow me to compete again, you know, and do another world's first it, in, in the future. It is cool. Cause obviously like there's the benefit of getting, you know, us involved, but uh, you can see the, the names 
of the leaderboards change up because it gets down to a skill perspective, not a yeah. who has the most time and freedom in their life to do this, which before was really the the deciding factor. You know, if you were, you know, a million miles above the encounter because you had all the time to do it, then you trivialize it to a certain extent. And so that's what Bungie has tried to to mitigate really well with both contest mode and making the level pretty accessible. Everyone is just starting off as even as possible and it's really just a, a, a game of skill at that point. Who's yeah. who can figure it out who can shoot? Who can who can have a team that's cohesive and and can push through? Yeah. So uh, before we transition, shout out to Nimbus, uh, the rest of our, our raid team. Shout out to Nimbus. Shout out to Jesus Crow. Shout out to Vital, and um, shout out to uh, Andy. Um, everyone, you know, you're mm-hmm. all legends, uh, especially especially Andy, dude. He's on a different different time zone entirely different continent um, yeah different continent um and his his you know he's he's raiding with us you know hours I mean, you guys finished it schedule. you guys finished at four in the morning he was at five in the morning or nine in the morning yeah right yeah. remember he yeah, started yeah and and he started so he played overnight yeah. right like he played all in, into like the, like the real into day the, into the real day yeah like when I, when I went to sleep the sun was like things got a little bit bluer out outside my window but not much that he would have been people would have been living their lives when he yeah, went to right. sleep you so. guys started at, <laughs> you guys started at one and so he was at 6 p.m when he started with you guys so right so yeah so he went he went from dinner to um brunch mm-hmm. so god, god bless him um yeah so yeah team was yeah. team was incredible yeah it was it was dope um so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Twitch. There's a there's a few things that have been happening in in Twitch land. They can't seem to uh, to stay out of the news for more mm. than a week at a time, in, in some in some capacity. It's a strategy, um, honestly. It might be. It might be. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos can't not have something being talked about with his company. So, um, uh, so the latest controversy is, um, well, was. Um, this idea of IRL content. Um, in IRL content's always been spicy. It has it. always they, been. They've been combating right. this in in slightly different ways over the years. This is just the newest evolution of that. But it took a big. It took yeah. yeah it took a, it was a, Remember right. that guy that got banned for uh, go, doing an IRL stream where he he left. He left like his location. I guess he had like maybe a second camera. And then he ended up like going out shopping, <laughs> and he got banned. That's specifically, no. I remember someone getting in trouble for driving while they yeah. were streaming. He got banned for, but from Twitch for shopping. Interesting. Like going to a now store. people people do people do IRL stuff like that all the time now. I feel like mm-hmm. no, I mean, you know what? Anyway. He might he might have predated I, the IRL category, and he was trying I'm, to do. There's that a good chance. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the funny thing is, is it trans like Twitch was born from Justin.tv, right? which was not just a platform for gaming. Like it was, it was that it was a, just an open platform for streaming content. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, gaming became a huge, 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 huge portion of that. And then it evolved it to Twitch, but IRL has been around for a long time. Cooking streams, you know, all everything fell under IRL before some of these other categories came about so music and art would have been an irl and cooking would have been an irl and um everything fell under that category and then i think that's why it was always infamous because it it was this obscure category that housed everything 
except for video games. Yeah. If it wasn't video games, you were in the IRL. If you they were started, it correctly. They started splitting right. out slightly. There was like creative and then there was music. There was very broad, like like not super inclusive general categories. Yeah. They were just like one person was like, oh, I, I guess we should have someone playing a piano, right? Okay, music. There you go. Just anything music, you're gonna be here. You know, like, yeah. it was like they trip. Uh, um, remember, remember when they rolled out creative, they uh played Bob Ross for like two days or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the shit out of Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. Straight yeah, Bob Ross for like two or three days. Yep. Fantastic. Good use of Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, as of late, probably within the past couple of months, I would say, um, we started to see hot tub streams, there which uh, was typically in the form of an inflatable hot tub in someone's house, really. Um And it would just be um, a girl, a woman sitting in a hot tub, um, chatting with Twitch, playing music or chatting, really just just chatting uh, with her followers uh, or subscribers. Um, And uh, which is that's the category that it was in was just chatting. Um, And it became very popular. Uh, Like it it snowballed um, very quickly into becoming a whole thing where there were dozens and dozens of people doing hot tub streams um mostly because yes oh sorry sorry to cut you off earliest evidence i saw of something related to hot tubs who's that really attractive pikachu uh cosplayer what's her name do you remember her name she she always caught she got famous for cosplaying very attractive as pikachu man i can't remember her name i have no idea but she ended up the first time I saw a girl just sitting in a hot tub was on her Instagram. Now she mm-hmm. wasn't streaming; she was do, doing an Instagram, like one of those Instagram videos, maybe from a story. Mm-hmm. And in it, she was literally just sitting in a hot tub on like a raft. And this, this is I saw this long before I even heard there was a, a controversy with hot hot tub streamers. So I feel something related to like her existence. I, I can't remember her name. She's blonde and very well endowed. Um, <laughs> but like, no, idea who you're talking about. I I, I, I could, yeah. You hit the anthropological beginning of this. Maybe who knows, but, but I saw, I saw her doing a thing. She was doing it with another famous cosplayer. Um, I'll get both of their names real quick, but keep. I'm sure you could. E- I'm sure we could easily find out who started it. I, w- I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Probably... I wouldn't say just because you saw it on Instagram. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not were, saying they, they were, started yeah, it. I'm saying from my perspective, dozens of people doing it. They're the first per- people I saw doing it, and I was like, "That's weird." She's just floating on a raft in a hot tub. Why is this interesting? Right. You know. So it got super popular because there were a few channels that did extremely well with it, and that's of course why it became popular. Um, because the the handful, or probably less than a handful of, of female streamers that um, were getting a lot of subscribers, a lot of donations, and all, and all, all that comes with the success of it, um, and a lot of viewers sparked everyone that thought that they could do this type of content, started doing streams around it. Um, so much it became a meme on Twitter and around the Twitch community because, you know, it it's very jarring when you think of Twitch as just a gaming platform to then see, you know, you go into the just chatting category and all the top streams are just bikinis 
inside of inflatable hot tubs, right? Um, what were you going to say, Felix? Jessica Negri and uh, Meg Turney. Okay. That's who we're doing. Um, That's how I saw it. Got it. it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it just, it, it snowballed. It became a meme on Twitter, all of these things. Um, and then reports of one of the most popular uh, streamers who was doing this. What's her name again, Trip? Um, Amaranth. Amaranth. Um, a Kutaku article comes out saying that her her ads, her revenue for her ads or her ad play for her viewership was pulled from her channel without warning. Um, and this kind of uh, sparked a much larger debate about deplatforming and um, you know companies being comfortable with the ads that are being played on your channel with the content that you're creating. Um, and uh, from there, it continued up until the point where there is now a category called uh is it hot tubs pools and beaches or is it that's exactly beaches that's a, and pools? i think it's exactly um, what it is yeah hot tubs yeah. pools and beaches <clears throat> uh which is its own category where now you can go live and and be in the hot tubs pools and beaches category mm-hmm. um which has now sparked a whole nother debate about why this for those that are of opposing of this category about why this exists on Twitch, which is primarily a gaming platform um, or thought to be a gaming platform. Um, Very, it's, it's so strange when you like, just think about it and take a step back with no, with no skin in the game and no like understanding of Twitch, like a boomer, probably if they were like trying to wrap their head around this story would probably be like, 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 what is any of this? What is any of this? Yeah. yeah, it's it's man. I mean, I got a lot of thoughts about this. And I don't know where to start to make a cohesive idea, but like doing things on the internet has been around since the internet has started. And like you said earlier, Justin TV wasn't a gaming website primarily. It was a do whatever you want website. And like, sure, there was transition to Twitch, which leaned heavily into gaming, but people are going to kind of gravitate towards that, especially the more connected everyone like the world gets with devices, with smartphones. It just becomes a thing people do, you know, like vlogging was gigantic on YouTube uh, years ago when there was no place to just like live stream that content. Um, I don't know if like general cam things were first with like with Justin TV or if it was like, like the porn camming side of things was first, but like that's half the, the internet. Right. There's like those sites. And that leads into a lot of like what people like watch streaming content. You know, I don't know what what the chicken egg conversation is there, but it's not really going to go away. Um, And I personally don't have a problem with it. I don't engage with a lot of that content if I'm going to be on like Twitch, but people, as long as they're using the website in the terms and conditions, which I think to this point they are things are fine. You know, like people that are watching Amaranth would be watching her, whether or not she was in a hot tub for the same reasons, regardless of whether she's in or without or in, or in or out of a hot tub, it's going to happen no matter what, you know? So the, the, the actual conversation isn't different, but it's another chance to take a whack at like, uh, this, this weird kind of pearl clutching that gamers do with certain contents, you know, like if it doesn't align with your exact worldview about what you think your site should exist on and if you if you feel personally attacked which i think is where a lot of this resides if you feel somehow this is 
take me away from you. Like you think yeah. like you think like half of Amaranth's viewers would be watching you instead if they weren't right. watching her in a hot tub. Then that's <laughs> yeah. the problem, and they should it's take like, that away. Yeah. You know, it's like, like dude, it's like yeah, it's like dude, you're speedrunning Assassin's Creed. No one's gonna, <laughs> right. no one from her community is gonna come fucking watch you, dude. Literally not over at all. it. You right. know what I mean? Like right. like it's just. And I and I get it's the bitterness, right? It's the like, oh god, of course, of course, she has all those views. But like, before that, she was doing ASMR, and before that, she was doing something else, and people were watching her. Right? right. Um, there was a body painting like, debate that's had the same conversation around it. Right. You know, exactly. Same thing. Yep. Same yep. thing. Same same thing. And it's like, like let let people like Twitch serves such a unique. Odd, like such a it's such a unique platform because there's not many things that exist like that on its scale for you to go and interact in like that vlogger type way mm-hmm. right like there's no other big platforms doing that you know you have like these social media apps with live that kind of works like instagram live or like snap on snapchat you can go live or even just vlogging on snapchat maybe like that's popular but it's bite-sized right it's not the same as like twitch and you know sitting at your computer and having a twitch stream up while you game or just maybe spending your time with just twitch um so with with apps like apple tv with with devices like apple tv and uh probably the amazon fire stick and then maybe even the roku now people use twitch as if it's their tv yeah Yeah, there's like they Mm -hmm. literally will like you know find a time slot and then go in and know that the streamer is going to be live at this certain time. And then they go in and that's their TV, you know, if you want as a percent. Yeah. If want, and if I your mean, TV is watching a girl float on a, a raft in a pool, fucking do it, you know, do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mind you, like there was also like, there was always people that did like backyard pool streams or would do IRL beach streams. So those existed as well, but it, it became like, the conversation became heightened around hot tubs because it like it, it blew up it, for a lack of a better term, no pun intended very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's good. Well, there's always and, been an allure. Uh, there's always been an allure to a hot tub. I mean, yeah. And the just hot tub well, it was, the end was, of the night, baby. So like, there's some, <laughs> there's some other things though. And this is where I have a problem with it. And it, and it would be with anyone that chose to mimic another person's content, because that's the other thing that happened with this was, at a base level, if I choose to watch someone because I find your conversation skills interesting, that's one thing. But then, like, Amarith would do this spin wheel, and it would be like, you know, whatever it lands on, I do, or like, give me 50 subscribers and I will write your name on my forehead. Like, these were the things that were happening inside of the stream. And then every other hot tub stream was a mimic of those same things. Like, if you go into any of them now, I would bet. All of, the, yeah. all of the same shit would be up on the screen, which is like, all right, donate. If you subscribe, if you gift 50 subs, I'll write your name on my forehead. It's probably in almost all of them. And that's where I get like, someone was you creative enough to make this content and it was successful. And then you can see the coattails of just any, of just oh, yeah. like any other, it, it, of anything, anything on Twitch, right? You know what happened right um, before? I was going to say, I'm glad you added anything on Twitch because right before this, um, which hasn't led to a giant conversation about appropriateness on Twitch, which is another illustration of the double standard here. I think it's all about women's bodies, which is really the heart of the issue. And this this yeah. next thing illustrates this. Um, Pokemon cards and Pokemon card opening on Twitch and on YouTube has has been this incredible, massive, giant phenomenon. So much so that stores like Walmart and Target 
have had conversations about stopping the sale they actually of have these cards. Targets Target has stopped. And yeah. and what is a Pokemon card opening stream? That's not a video game. Yeah. No. Right. And and hot tubs would have knocked their view counts down. They would not be at the top of just chatting anymore, opening Pokemon cards. You would have women in hot tubs over your Pokemon card opening content. But if we look at this objectively, they're different types of content with different types of viewership, but neither of them are gaming. They're all hyper specific. They'll have millions of copycats that do the same thing. You know, tight camera in on the, on the desk as you open up a card very carefully, look for the holographics, freak out, put it into a nice little case, maybe do some viewer rewards. Maybe you get people to buy certain packs. This is your pack. It's just all copycats for Pokemon cards. Right. But the difference is there isn't like a thing they can focus on. They can't say that's a hot chick stealing my views. So therefore I don't hate it. I'm going to watch it, which is really what, and it creates an entire, like it affects retail stores with how popular it is. So it's, I think there's a lot of, a lot of other like social and cultural issues that, that go into this conversation. Do they complain when, like a really attractive woman wearing a bikini in a hot tub opens Pokemon cards. I mean, I'm sure. That's I don't think anyone's done. had the the brain power to think about that. That but they has should. got to be done next. That would be <laughs> that would never leave. That would never leave the top of just chatting. <laughs> never. Uh, Imagine yes, the skill card- to open a card pack in the water and seal it without getting a single drop on that card. No that's that's actual talent. Yeah. 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 May fourteenth is when Target decided they said for the safety of their guests and their employees, they were going to stop selling Pokemon cards. So you could, or you could, you, know, you could make the argument that the Pokemon trend was more dangerous to society than women in hot tubs. And that would that not be hyperbole be 0% hyperbole. Wait, what was yeah. the danger? Where was that? Well, people were like stampeding. They were, they would literally, they would line up at front of targets like they would for like a launch PS4. Oh, and, but okay. this was regularly because Pokemon cards are sold as a normal product, like regularly. And then they Not would, the you know, you know, and then they would bombard the doors and like try and get Pokemon cards because they needed to buy packs because the whole fucking thing is opening packs live. <laughs> you know, like it, you wow. know, it, it, this all started actually with some top content creators buying the huge bundle, which was like, I forget how many packs are in that box. Um, and opening that like the, like the whole box, like the 30 pack box or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that blew up. And when that blew up, it fucking snowballed. Like everyone started doing it. Couple then, of people buy, like, talking about that. People, I think people buy like 20, $30,000 sealed boxes of like first edition, first set Pokemon boxes. Yeah. And like, we'll, we'll say, Hey, like get, send me a thousand dollars. This one pack will be yours. Whatever is in here, I'll send to you. And then you can, sell it do whatever you want you know and this is how this whole like venture it's, gets funded it's so crazy when you when you talk about this is completely it's related but unrelated to gaming is like it that conversation proves how little money like that money means nothing oh right that, yeah exactly that, all, that like it's all, all fucking made up dude all we do is assign value based off of what we feel as a collective is popular and mm-hmm. we and then assign it like more than market value, and it's just like, yep, uh, it's so crazy, you know. Like if someone, some random fucking guy, just decided, 
you know, I didn't want to open up that box of Pokemon cards 10, 20 years ago. Oh, should I have it? It's now worth $20,000 when I spent $100 on it, you know, a decade ago. What? Right. So, it's so sense. fucking crazy. It's so fucking crazy. And to the same point, someone thinks giving a woman in a bikini and a hot tub $50 to have their username on their forehead, that that's valuable too. You know, True. and there's nothing wrong with either of those things. It just proves the absolute fucking ridiculousness of the whole thing. <laughs> and and all of it comes together on twitch.tv. Yeah, That's what it is. Po- very polarizing website at, at this particular juncture in our, uh, in mm-hmm. our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and Twitch is just doing, doing their best to like, to just balance in between and not like upset anyone and just try and keep, I honestly think they have no plan. They have no plan for their platform. All they're trying to do is make sure that it just doesn't fall apart. Well, that's the thing. That's truly what I believe. There's, there's no forward thinking for the platform. Um, It's just, it's a thing that currently exists and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're just trying to contain it and keep some, form of box around yep. it en- enough until it fucking implodes is truly what i believe it's <laughs> right. fucking implode it will it will uh, they will they just want advertisers to keep giving them money and that's why there yeah. are these scrambles because because culturally we have an issue again with sexuality but not with like people's heads getting blown off in video games so you can advertise things during that content but not just a woman's body's content right correct yep it's it's you know and of course that conversation i just oversimplified the fuck out of it for sure but like it's it's a double standard you know yeah and and i think you know there's there it's also bad that you don't give the person the heads up that it's happening it just happens right that's even worse because you know I, i think a company can pull their ad revenue can say that i don't want my ads it's it's twitch's problem right a company has you know a Dove Soap has the ability to say, I don't want sure. Felix selling my soap because it clearly looks like he doesn't use it. And, <laughs> and it's right. And it's tw- and it's Twitch. That's really fucking funny. It's Twitch's job. And it's but it's Twitch's job to your point too, right? This is the other Because I use beard wash, bitch. <laughs> I know, I'm fucking with you. Twitch's job to communicate that effectively. To Felix. And that's, percent, that's where they're percent, dropping yeah. the ball with all of this yeah. because they either haven't thought of these scenarios or they haven't they haven't drilled they down care. enough. Yeah. Or they don't simply care. Right. And it's and it's not okay for the creator, Amaranth, in this instance. It is not okay for her to be deplatformed in that way. Absolutely. Without, elite, without yeah. elite without least uh, a warning and ability to plan and adjust accordingly yes, to be with exactly. inside of T's and C's. And um Clearly, Twitch as a company doesn't care about the content because there's now a category for the content. Um, but it, it does show that it doesn't seem like there's any forward thinking happening in terms of where Twitch is going and how it will continue to grow because this is going to continuously happen. I mean, there will be new categories that push the envelope or are obscure enough that cause uh, debate. Um, that will That is not going to go away. Um, yep. so yeah, I, yeah. What were you gonna say, Felix? I was just going to say that like, um, so the, the only argument that I read some, you know, some stupid comment thread of just idiots commenting like idiots, um, was that like most of the majority of things I saw were people were like, 
there's another place for this. You're doing it in the wrong place. You know, like, like this needs to be in Pornhub. And I think when it comes to like, like that, I think it's just completely unfair because like, it's, this is not how we define porn. Like, you know, like, or how do we define porn? How does Twitch define porn is, I guess, the real right, It's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those people that say that are those that are having some form of insecurity in, in many different facets. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it could be simply around, like, I want to protect this as a gaming website because, you know, I play dark souls and no one watches me. Um, or it can be, Here's where they that, all are. God damn it. Yeah. It could, it could <laughs> I found them all. Ago. Let me let me woo them over with my Dark Souls gameplay. <laughs> we just have um, to be they're, they're trying to apply or, they're trying to apply some morality to something that's just commercial. You know what I mean? Like like it's also like it's also yeah. It's just it, it's also just if if you just because you don't find value or don't agree with the content doesn't mean that it's not the place for it. It's just not the place for you. You don't right. own the platform. You're not and and Twitch is very much segmented into channels and people right. follow the channels or the people that they want to follow. There's yeah. nothing there's nothing about Twitch that forces this content in front of your eyes. I don't watch one motherfucking reality show. I don't because they're fucking trash and I hate them. <laughs> that doesn't mean that they can't be there. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll have a great debate with you about, yeah. about Big Brother. I was. I, I know. Was, my, you eyes love were, my, eyes were, my eyes were opened, sir. Well, you also love the other one, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Terrace Jersey House. Shore? No, Terrace uh, House. Terrace, terrace House is good, too, yeah. Yeah, and that was a reality <laughs> so show. So funny. Right? Yeah, yeah. So funny. No, and but you, you're right. Like I, like, I won't watch. I won't watch a hot tub stream. Like, I, I won't do that, but. I have no problem that it exists on the same site that I use to watch right. something else. Like that's right. just, it's so fucking silly. Like get the fuck over it. Grow up. Like you don't mm-hmm. like there, every, every argument that I've heard has not thought of the counterpoint to that argument at all, because it's like they're like, they can't defend against the argument that they've made. Right. You know, it's right, just right. like, so um, I, I think all of this though comes back to yet again proving that Twitch is not doing a good job of managing itself, creating policies that support the content and that support the business yeah. model. Um, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to go too deeply down the other you know rabbit hole, but it, it it's, it was shown when they lost the lawsuit against the CSGO skin guy, you know, they made unilateral decisions about removing him or removing tons of people that have been banned without properly communicating what's happening with their account to them. And that just, it's, yeah. it's the same be same pattern of, uh, of management with Twitch and with how they are trying to like wrangle this, this, this website of people. Yeah. I think that, I think the issue is, is that like uh, from a, from a um, legal standpoint, gaming content creation, all of that is still super obscure. Like we don't have laws in place for this. We don't have, right anything to to defend so that legal case is huge as a individual content creator against a major corporation that just gives us the platform to to become that become a content creator so mm-hmm. um you know they're trying to navigate that create policy that doesn't exist for a you know for a genre of media that doesn't that is brand new that's evolving daily um, it's not an easy feat, but they're fucking failing miserably at it, like time and time again. 
Um, so uh, I guess we'll see where this goes. I, I, I imagine that the hot tub will be still be a meme that people use, but it'll probably fizzle out. Yeah, um, for sure. yeah it's definitely fad like. I mean, yeah, yeah. As, as Trip mentioned, there's plenty of other um, IRL streams that have been controversial in the past. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about Twitch again in the in the future. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the content that never that truly never stops. Yeah, it's one of those itself. one of those conversations that just keeps coming back around. You know that we yeah. just come to every once in a while, kind of. You know, just check back um, in. How, how are things doing from from the management side of things? Oh, here we go. Update. Yeah. Quarterly um, update. So we'll see what happens in the news over this next week. I think, um, you know, the the final uh, day in court for the Epic versus Apple was today. Mm. Um, so we don't have we don't have much to share on that. Um, but there is a chance that we might get a ruling um, before then. So um, that may be next week's episode, potentially, if we get some type of court ruling there, because this is a monumental decision that's going to be made. That's going to have lasting repercussions on the industry at large. So it's, it's um, just a banana, man. So yeah, just mm-hmm. a banana, man. This is lock and key. You can find me on Twitter at lock underscore key. Um, just follow me on Twitter. It's the best place to interact and engage me in conversation. Um, and if I go live, uh, you will find out from there. Felix. Yeah, this is Felix Hergood. Catch me on uh, Twitter. I'm just going to say twitch.tv slash Felix Hergood because it's still there. I didn't get rid of it. You know, I'm not done. I'm uh, I'm on a weird hiatus, and maybe one day I'll be back in a hot tub. Sitting in a hot raft, tub. Sitting God, that would be amazing. There you go, man. That would be an incredible first stream back, dude. Please actually do that. Get rid- Please. And just go to Amazon right now and look at the cheapest inflatable pool and figure that out. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. It would be legal, right? I would just have to have a shirt on, right? I don't no, think you would. That's, that's part of the... That's part of the you've you got, can, you've you got can, magical male nipples, which are safe for online yeah. viewing. Oh. You can be in almost nothing, and it would be fine. So I could just so. sit there, like, fat and just weird. Just rip it, man. Fuck it. Rip, rip it, dude. <laughs> fucking rip it. I just did a 12-hour uh, sitting in my hot tub stream, guys. It was amazing. I had like fucking. Oh, fucking. I had forty-five million views. It was amazing. <laughs> trip, where can we find you? You guys can find me uh, at Twitch.tv/slash/TripZeroTV. Um, I just started Resident Evil Three Remake. We're doing a full run of the series. That's what's live on my channel. I'm in, I'm on Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, six p.m. to ten p.m. Uh, so you're gonna be getting that for the next foreseeable future, and then maybe some late night destiny, depending on when raid runs come together and as we uh, maintain our uh, championship form, because this community now has uh, some uh, some day one raiders in it. So you know, got got to keep the the blades sharp and the bullets flying. Elitist, elitist. Know? Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We will uh, catch you next week. See you later. So original. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before this lives on the internet for like uh, sixty seconds, are we sure this Duck Dynasty man isn't like problematic in some way? Didn't they like get? Didn't something happen with the with that family? I have no idea. Of course they're problematic. They're all weird right wingers, dude. They're nuts. All right, huh? I'm I'm lampooning them. I'm not saying that we're Duck Dynasty people, <laughs> although I look the closest to it. I could probably be a part <laughs> of the fucking cast.